Well, let's just be honest. This has the potential to be a three or four hour podcast because there was so much stuff that happened last weekend in our world that we've got to get right. after here. Yeah, yeah. At the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore presented by Bike911.com. If you're new to the podcast, well, thanks for checking us out. We appreciate it. If you need some legal advice, you're in and around the California area, you, you, you have a motorcycle incident you need to talk about, you want to talk to a person who understands you as a motorcycle rider, Alex Asante is your guy, bike911.com. In this podcast, we're going to be talking uh, preview, Moto America Pit Race, which is coming up. And we're going to say, you know, talk Rye News, and we'll talk a little bit about MotoGP this weekend, too. So, Jason Pridmore, where in the world do we find you right now? As I know that you are anxious to get moving and get on an airplane here in a couple hours. I am, yeah. I'm on a, I guess you could call it like a little three-week work slash vacate time. Um, you know, each summer, G-Dub, it's, it gets quiet for me because there's not a lot of riding going on because of the heat. And... Um, but so we got our, t- you know, we got obviously our Moto America stuff with TV, which is great. But I left last week and I'm up in Boise, Idaho right now. I've never been here. A lot of people have reached out to me since I've been here. What an amazing place. Um, really, really like it. I drove up to a place called McCall a couple of days ago and enjoyed my time up there. I came here, Greg, to actually try to qualify for a big tournament. Did that yesterday. Didn't make it. But, you know, that was a whole nother story. And, um, <laughs> hey, I'm staying at Troy's house, and I got my microphone back, so I know that's going to make you happy. Um, it he, sounds a lot better. Oh, yep. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't have to listen to you bitch about that anymore. So he actually <laughs> sent it. Instead of sending it to my house, he sent it from his house in Olympia to his house in Idaho. So it's, it was been sitting here waiting for me. And, um, no, I'm, I'm in the mix right now. Then today I fly to Pittsburgh, so I'm going to get to see you, what, tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. So I didn't really get to I didn't get to keep up on a lot of things this weekend, although I know there was nothing going on other than Promoto, but I know we got some previews coming up for the weekend ahead and I feel like from here on out until October or whatever, we're going to be busy talking about motorcycle racing because there's going to be so much going on. Oh yeah, especially after the World Superbike break. I mean, for us, it's crazy, Jason. We only have 3 rounds left in the season. We say this it feels every like year like fluent. it just blows me away. Yeah, it does feel like it's it's flying by, but we're going to talk more about that. Um, yeah, I was at a, a USA Archery National Tournament, um, the one that I won in 2019, and I stunk. So yeah. there you go. Well, Got so things go. to there's work the, on, though. There's the, the, there's the golf and archery news for the week from us. Yeah. <laughs> we both yeah, stink. We both stink, We T-Dub. stink. Yeah. yeah. Which, which is, I mean, the good news for me is that I actually, I've had things to work on the last couple of years, and now I have a really good methodology and a tool in my toolbox to use to try to help uh what's going on with my shooting and oh you're a tool all right there's no question about that well it's better than being a toolbox like you good point good point all right which leads us to of course our great section where it's news presented by ari i don't know how about that segue okay well it's been warm okay and it's kind of getting hot it's cool it's got to be nice and pit Pittsburgh, I think. Maybe Sunday we get a little bit of rain. But I'm going to tell you something. Did you know that Arai helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material? It's re- it's true. I'm uh, you know I'm not here to BS you people. It's true. The interior liner gives you odor resistance and dirt resistance to so those antimicrobials that you love so much. You can stay fresher longer, enjoy a comfortable ride in the latest Arai. Isn't that the way Johnny Ray says it? Arai? Yeah, yeah. Arai, Arai, Arai. That's a, anyway. 
Check out AriAmericas.com. Pick what you like. Head down to your local dealer for Fitman. Grab yourself a new lid. AriAmericas.com. Well, Jim, there's not a ton of news, as you know, but let's just talk about some racing stuff. Because one thing I'd like to bring up first and foremost is Lucas Oil Pro Motocross uh, last week in the 450 Premier Class. Dude, your boy Chase Sexton went 1-1, the overall at Unadilla. Tomac went 2-2. So now Sexton leads the championship by one point over wow. Tomac, dude. 409 to 408. I mean, it's getting pretty gnarly. And there's three rounds. So what, six motos left in the season? I, I listen, we don't have Wygan on yet. We got to get him on here. We talk do. about that other thingy. But I can't remember a promoto season going this deep, you know, into the season and being so close with uh with riders that are riding at the level they're riding at right now. Yeah, well, like Sexton's really jumped up. I mean, Tomac's been the guy in outdoor stuff and I mean, the fact that I was telling you I was on my airplane Saturday and I was reading all the live tweets Ricky Carmichael was putting some out and this and that about just how great the racing was and how Sexton's really improved and like he's the guy that stepped up. So Honda has to be really excited about the uh, about Chase Sexton. I mean, he is definitely the future. He is the now as well, obviously, because he's doing so well. But um, it's going to be crazy. What did you see anything about what happened in the two fifties? I don't even know any results. I literally don't know oh, any you don't? results yeah, at all. So no. In the two fifty class, Justin Cooper. Wow, ended okay. up uh, winning winning a moto, as did Joe Shimoda. So Shimoda went one wow. three, and he ends up with the overall. Justin okay. Cooper goes five one in second. Hunter Lawrence goes two five. Jet wow. goes seven two. Oh, so okay. I think it's yep. like, is it the only time this season that no? I guess he went at Thunder Valley. Jet went uh, what second second. So, uh, but yeah, so the championship is still, it's not a close championship. I mean, Jet's 391 to Hunter's 365. Joe's oh, wow. 351. Big, big gaps still. Yeah, okay. Big gaps, yeah. And then Justin Cooper's at 316. So, okay. But, Coop, but Cooper, as of late, I mean, Cooper's gone like what? In the last five motos, he's gone uh, second, or he's gone third, fourth, win, fifth, win, something like that. Like, like, so, like Justin Cooper's definitely on the move. When you start talking about motocross to nations, I know those guys were talking about a 450 guy dropping down to a 250 class. This is where Weege would be great to be on, but uh, but now that Justin Cooper talks, got to happen. I guess he's been, you know, he's just been beat up and hurt, and it's crazy because now the guy's getting healthy and he's ripping. So yeah, yeah, well, got two I, hole shots yeah. too. Yeah, I got to start watching. It's when I'm not home, I don't get to really watch that stuff as obviously as much, and I don't go home great till the sixth of September. So you know, I go to Pittsburgh and then I go overseas. And, um, but I want to be able to keep up on that stuff. I'd say the other thing that we don't have in our news that I just wanted to bring in is that, uh, I'm, it's super nice reading that Gino Ria is getting better every day. Uh, they, yeah. I got know, out of his coma. He did. And he's, he's off the ventilator and he's, he's communicating with family members from what, what I've been reading. I mean, all that stuff is great news. I mean, it's great news. So the fact that, I also that, want to uh, mention flat track too. Oh, sorry, Jay. Yeah. yeah the fact that he's great, getting better great, is great. Getting better. Yeah. It's great. I do want to mention some flat track because our boy J.D. Beach ended up winning at Castle Rock, and uh, it was uh, a, a pretty you know, good dominating performance there by J.D. Beach. I mean, from what everybody said, he looks pretty fast. Their championship's pretty close. You know, Mies has nine over Briar Bauman, who's got 203. Dallas Daniels at 88 and J.D. Beach at 85. So it's it's pretty close. I mean, they're touting it as a four-way battle. It's It, it definitely could be like that. Mm-hmm. But I also want to congratulate uh, our boy Andy Debrino, man. Andy Debrino ended up taking his KTM Duke, and he he raced. You know, it's a local race for him at Castle Rock, 
And they had a, I think they had a red flag, so they had a second start. On the second start, the dude jumps right into third place, and then wow. a bolt, a bolt started backing out of a shifter. This is in oh. the uh, production, the production twins class. Ah, so okay. for Debrino, he ends up finishing fifth. Okay. You know, behind uh, Janet, uh, Johnny Lewis in second place, uh, Corey Texter was in third, and uh, uh, Kolkman in fourth place. Do you know uh, Kale Kolkman at all? I don't. No, well, Ventura guy. Ventura oh, wow. Cali. Oh, no. Ryder. Yep. Or Ryder. Well, that's cool. Know. That's I don't great. Know if it's a guy or girl. Debrino, man, he's but... pretty versatile, isn't he? I mean, that guy, he can ride anything. So it's great for, for him. And I read yeah. that he's not going to be at Pittsburgh, sadly. Um, yeah. Because they, they're, they're getting that Honda put together for him. And to be fair, I mean, like the guy, the guy does everything he can to be at all these races. And it is a bummer that he can't be there. Uh, but. I don't think it's worth him coming if he doesn't really have the machine to fight with. So if they can get some testing done and things, I saw, I think it was one of his Instagram posts that basically he's going to try to make the last two. He's going to try so, to, yeah. It's yeah. just weird. The motor had some weird vibration that nobody could really identify. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes it happens when you buy a used bike. And there's there's a couple of things that could happen when it's like that. You know, it could yeah, be something yeah. out of balance or someone used some head bolts, reused them, and they stretched. Like it's, so they're just going over everything, and, and they needed time. They just needed time to, to get everything situated. And I think it's the right decision. You know, there's no reason to go there with, you know, a half-assed program. And Correct. he was, I think, fourth in the championship. But getting that Honda, not get everything set up. But, yeah, he's been pretty good um, lately. So he's on the come up for sure. But anyway, so that's that's pretty much it. I mean, there's some other stuff, Jay, in MotoGP news, but it's more just kind of chit-chat stuff. You know, it's it's getting closer and closer to confirmation that Mir's going to HRC. I did see that. It was talked about. His manager, I guess, went on a podcast on GP1.com and talked about those types of things. You know, no decision has been made yet from Ducati in terms of which rider's going to be, you know, on the factory team. Is it going to be Martin or who? who Bastanini, I think, right? Yeah. That's who they're looking at. Yep. So that type of well, stuff. But um yeah, Bastanini yeah. or Martine. I mean, that's just the big thing, right? It's it's now there's just it, it, Ducati creates this stuff though. Cause do you remember when it was between Petrucci and Miller to go from the Pramac team to the factory team? I mean it was like yeah. and they ended up taking Petrucci and um you know, so Ducati kind of creates these things between their riders as far as who's gonna get to go where. There's nowhere else for Juan Mir to go, by the way, other than Honda. But it, I saw something that basically said Honda needs to step up their program, get their stuff actually sorted of what their direction they want to go, and then Mir will be the next thing. In other words, Honda is looking right now, they have to improve. They're looking at themselves like, we have to improve. We have to get our bike better. We have to make this better. And then they'll start worrying about the contract. And you who's, know, Mark- the, who's the highest placed rider? On mm-hmm. a Honda in the MotoGP Championship right now. Well, well, I know the answer to that, and and uh, it's pretty wild to think that it's still Mark Marquez, who hasn't raced since what May. Yeah. <clears throat> and so you and sit the there six and you races. Start, you sit there and you start looking at that, and you go like, it's pretty embarrassing. I, I, you never, you never would have thought, especially in my childhood, as I grew up and into my years of racing, Honda just dominated everything. And man, to see where they're at right now. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty wild to see where they're at right now. I mean, they're behind a company that's already told everybody that they're quitting at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, behind a, they're, behind a, they're behind a bike that only one guy can ride on a Yamaha. So when you start thinking about it, Honda is so far behind. And I think, Greg, that, you know, will it be a coming out party next year for Alex Marquez? Will he get on a Ducati and all of a sudden just be incredible? Because when you look on paper, an Alex Marquez de Antonio. Grassini team doesn't look very strong on paper, 
but maybe with DiGi Antonio in his second year and Alex Marquez with a fresh new look on a, on a Ducati, man, maybe those guys are going to be incredible next year. You just don't, it's so unpredictable. But, Let me add to that too, Jay, when you <clears throat> often have a rider as talented as Alex Marquez, and he is, I mean, he's won world championships, two of them, I believe, that, that you, you go, the dude just tried to make it work on a pile for how many years? And then if you get on something that works, the potential for him to be wicked fast is, is it's right it's there. Very high. I've seen yeah. it quite often. Yeah, and it's, it's got to be a frustrating thing for him the last few years. I mean, idealistically, I think that Honda and Repsol probably dreamt of a Marquez brother team. And it just never materialized because he couldn't get the results. But neither can anybody else. And if I'm Ayagura or, or anybody that might be looking to move forward and get on a MotoGP bike, I mean, it's a daunting idea. It's a daunting task. I mean, when Honda gets their, their arms around you, you become a Honda rider. And that's kind of what it seems like Ayagura is. But, man, is it better to stay in Moto2 and try to win the championship again next year? or is it you know, And let Honda try to sort themselves out a little bit. Or is it better to jump up too? MotoGP, you look at it, Greg. They're gonna have, they're gonna have Rins and Mir, which I think will be great. And then they're gonna, and if they end up getting a Gura, um, I can't see him put Shantra on the bike. I think it's gonna be a Gura if it's not Nakagami. I think then you run into this like you're gonna have three new riders all coming in to ride that bike, and then you got Mark Marquez sitting there. I mean, I, it's, it's Jay. It's I, a just, daunting I just thing question, I question HRC's commitment to MotoGP. <laughs> Because yeah. where are the engineers to fix this problem? It's not rocket science anymore. I mean, these sport bikes, I mean, they, they know geometry. They know wheel size. Like, they know these things. Yeah. Excuse yeah, me, and yeah, you're right. And it, I feel it, you're it, 100% it's, right. It's, it's like, why are they not fixing it? You know, right. Marquez has been publicly saying, like, we need help from Japan. And so I'm, <laughs> concern, I'm concerned that there's a reason, a corporate reason, why something's not happening. And... You know, HRC doesn't spend as much money as some of these other factories because they have an actual sponsor in Repsol, right? Yeah. Like, so they're not spending as much money. But my question is, why are these problems not resolved yet? Crazy, it's, isn't it? It's baffling to me. Is it a resource issue? Have they taken engineers out of HRC motorcycle and plugged them into other parts of it? I, I don't know. Yeah. Because if you look at if you look at HRC across the board, on the on the U.S. Pro Motocross side, which, by the way, really sets the standard. I mean, a lot of bike development is done through us, and, you know, like, that's where everything's developed. It's how superbikes in the 2000s were so popular with the manufacturers because we did a lot of that in the U.S. We, we worked on big sport bikes. We had unbelievable riders, teams in place. So you look at HRC in the U.S. and Pro Motocross and Supercross, and you go, holy crap. Yeah. They're leading both championships. They have an unbelievable stable of riders behind even Chase Sexton, who is now here. Kenny Roxon, what's he going to do? You look at even stuff like their HRC program on the trial side. They're unbelievable there. And you look at MotoGP and you're just like, what the hell? What is yep. going on? It what, is crazy. What? Is it one guy? Is it one guy in charge that's really causing the problems? And the, and the thing is, is like, Jay, you know it. Like, you, you know, how can you turn around and say that the upstarts of Aprilia and KTM are better than, a, than an HRC Repsol Honda at the MotoGP level? I never thought I would see it in my lifetime. No, I, I just I'm, didn't. I mean, when you say that, Greg, it's like the Aprilia is head and shoulders above the Honda right now, it would appear, wouldn't it? So it's like 
Yeah. Who would have ever seen that? I mean, Greg, it was just two years ago. I was on this podcast probably going, why is it pretty even racing? Like, I don't even yeah. understand why they're even racing. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But long-term, and now you see them coming out and saying they basically have helped design this Aprilia around Vinales as well. Like, they really believe in this guy. They really think he can win. They, they know they've got a proven commodity in him, a many-time race winner. Um, and so it seems to me that they've started to build a bike for Vinales that may be a little bit different than the bike that they've built for Aleish. In other words, they're listening to the input from both riders and trying to build the same motorcycle around a couple of people. If they start to do that, and if they start getting results with two different riders doing what, they, what they're doing, uh, with maybe two different setups or maybe not completely similar setups, I just think that that's the direction that a lot of these these teams need to go. Last night I went to dinner with Troy here and we just had this great talk about like guys going from here over to World Superbike or or riders in general, Greg, and you've seen this throughout where it's funny to me how a team goes, hey, we want to get that rider that's doing so well and get him on our bike. And then when that rider comes to that team, the team starts to dictate the setup or what they think that the bike should and it's wait a minute, and you sit there and you go, wait a minute. If this guy rides a little different than the guy you had on here, you might be handcuffing this new rider that you've got on your team, the one that you believed in, the one that you thought could ride, ride and win races for you. And after five, six, seven, ten rounds, whatever, now you're saying that the guy you hired doesn't. Oh, he's lost it. He doesn't have any talent, or you make up reasons of why he's not doing good on your motorcycle. I think it's great if Aprilia is going another direction with Vinales and another direction with Aleish, and they're coming up with results for both riders because, you know, what works for you, Greg, might not work for me and might not work for the next guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so to be able to think outside the box, which it seems like Aprilia is doing a little bit, I think it'll be interesting. And they're going to have two more bikes on the grid next year, satellite bikes, Greg. So it's going to be great. Uh, and MotoGP, that's, that's the yeah. thing right there that's exciting yeah. is the two yeah, more I agree. bikes. And if you're if you're those two riders and you're literally going to be faced with kind of two options of bikes, well, here's the way Aleish likes to ride it, and here's the way Vinales likes to ride it. Test yep. it, pick it, choose it, and then you get to ride that thing. That that just expands your pool of possibilities for those guys. Yeah, know? so that's, yeah. it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's um, going to be great. So yeah. it's going to be good. Greg and I are off to Pittsburgh this yeah. weekend, and uh, for for round eight, is it round eight? Gosh, amazing. Round eight, Road America. It's been an interesting year. I think that when you start to look at what our series has become and what it is, I looked at the entries for Pittsburgh. It is insane. So the amount of entries that we're getting on the East Coast um, is definitely uh, a lot more than we have on the West Coast out here. A lot more, lot more activity on the East Coast as far as racing goes. We've only got a few tracks out here on the West Coast that, that, we really, that we're running at. And I think that there's a lot more exposure on the East Coast. A lot, lot easier for riders to get out there than the number of riders that we have. But the, the entries are really, really up this weekend. And I think that the excitement for this week is going to be interesting, Greg, because Petrucci got to see... I, didn't, I haven't read anything about it, so you're going to have to help me out here. Petrucci and Heron raced this last week, didn't they, on the V2? They certainly did. Yeah, so I don't know anything about it. Um, I know that... I, I know that... Um, I saw that... Uh, I, know, I know that Joe LaMondre Jr., was there? I know uh, Max Van there was there. Guys. No, there was Kayla was there. Everybody was yeah, there. Ton, on of, the ton of riders that were there. Um, yeah. And then I know that there was people on six hundreds uh, there as well. Um, as far as Pittsburgh goes, I think that this morning I was sitting there thinking about our podcast, and 
we still haven't had that head-to-head that I really want to see between Gagne and Petrucci. I mean, I would love to see a race end with, you know, a a one bike to two second differential rather than the you know four five six seven second differential or somebody breaking or somebody crashing or you know what I mean we still haven't had that head-to-head fight maybe this will be the weekend now that Petrucci has got to do a ton of laps at this place I think Pittsburgh's a hard track to learn I love the venue I love the circuit I think a lot of riders do and um, I'm, I mean I think this weekend's going to be great for Superbike there's no better way to learn a track than do an endurance race because you can yep. do so much stuff. They were racing, but, you know, you had like thousands, 2,000. So they ended up finishing third. They had 2,000s that finished in front of them, and they're on the 955 twins. So they were underpowered a smidge. With that yep. said, Josh Heron set the fastest lap of the race by one thousandth of a second oh, wow. over, I think, let's see, it was the fourth place bike. I think it was um, Hayes. And on the N2 bike, they finished fourth. It was Hayes and Rocco. So I don't know if it was Rocco or it was Hayes who finished a thousandth. But I know that Heron was faster than Petrucci. And keep in mind, Petrucci told me that he's the one who began developing the 955 for Ducati. So guys got plenty of laps on the thing. It wasn't like a full-blown street bike. I mean, it had, you know, it had some mods. It was closer to Josh's Moto America bike than not. Okay. Um, but... You know, there's a little inner rivalry there between those two, and the team kind of promotes the inner rivalry between those two in terms of lap times and stuff. But I talked to Josh Heron, and he he said he had just um, just tons of fun. He had so much fun doing endurance racing, and you know, it's the thing that you and I have known for years. You know, there's just no better way. You get out an endurance race, and you can try different lines and stuff, and and do your thing, and and really test it. And then, yep. you know, sometimes you get a fresh tire, and sometimes you don't get a fresh tire. It all depends right. kind of in your rotation and stuff. So. Uh, they had a good time. I guess it was a good, you know, good race, good event overall. That what you saw, Jay, was they actually had like a two-hour endurance race for like the smaller bikes, and then there was this longer. Like they actually have, I think, two or three different endurance races in the same day. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? That way you don't yes. have a thousand cc bike on the on the same 400s. course with a four hundred and stuff like yeah. So got it. And you know, basically, if you read the rules, and it's on MotoAmerica.com. Some people were asking me, like, I don't understand. I didn't think they were allowed to ride. They're not except endurance racing and not on their bikes, right? So it didn't, it didn't really, it re- really matter. And I, I got a memo last week that I got to reread because Moto America kind of came out and made some clarity again into um, how that whole thing works as far as when you can ride, how you can ride, you know, that kind of stuff. So I got to go back and reread it. But, um, you know, it's great that, the, that everybody got a chance to go out and actually get some testing, do their thing um last week and you know when you start to think about even our super sport category i think i think josh is coming back to is josh no wait maybe he's not riding this one um i haven't seen anything yet josh hayes josh hayes is he riding pittsburgh i know he's doing jersey in the last one but yeah i don't know if if what his deal is with this yeah like i don't i don't know i mean i don't we have the entry list and i don't i didn't look that i didn't see him on there i didn't see him on there either yeah, I didn't see him on there. I did see Sam Lockoff on there though, so I don't know if, if yeah, Sam's but he's been on back. every one of them. He's been on every one of them. Yeah, and then he, then he's not there because uh, I think Corey Ventura's. Wait. Yeah, I think Corey Ventura's on that bike again, uh, from what I've understood. So, and again, I I think we're going into Supersport after a absolutely dominating weekend from Rocco at Brainerd, and then he gets to ride this last weekend at Pitt uh, with Hayes. 
So Rocco's going to come in there refreshed, ready to go, ready to rip, um, coming off a high, obviously. He, I think he's going to be difficult. Heron riding there as well. I, you know, he wants to win races, does Josh. So Supersport, again, could be you know, amazing um, this weekend as well. We got Junior Cup that's tightening up at the front. I think coming out on the East Coast, Talking a little bit to Cody Wyman after after Brainerd, felt like he was a little too conservative. But again, going back on it, guy had a nice points lead, and he came out of there with two podiums, and he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, that's what it's going to take in that class because you make one little slip up, and you're you're basically inviting everybody else into this championship again. I think that Cody feels like he has to take advantage of all the stuff that happened at Laguna Seca, where he was the only one that didn't really have any attrition, where all of his competitors did. But you're going back to the East Coast where tracks like LaMondre and Kayla and, and um, Max Van, uh, Gus Rodeo, they've all done amazing at these tracks that we're getting ready to head back to. And uh, they're hungry to try to hunt Cody down. So we have 13 points, the difference between first and second in Medallia Superbike. So Petrucci's yep. got a 13-point lead with, how many races? We've got six. Six, six yeah. 150 points available. So that's nothing. It's Heron uh, 76 over Rocco, but Rocco was able to, to grab 10 back from Heron last time we were out, so that's interesting. It's 22 for Cody Wyman over LaMondre Jr., LaMondre, and Yakov at 31. Corey Alexander in Stock 1000, the UASA Stock 1000 oh, class. Corey's got 33 points over Hayden Gillum after we thought was an impossible hill to climb, I think, Jason, after really the third race of the season for Stock 1000. Corey goes out, wins the first one. Hayden Gillum was in third. Then Corey didn't even get to race through some gnarly circumstances at VIR, and Hayden Gillum went out and got 50 points on Corey. Amazing. And then Corey's been on a run. Five in a row for Corey. Some of it is just pure skill. Other has been skill and luck. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter how it happened. The dude is 33 points ahead of, of Hayden Gillum, and he's 47 ahead of his teammate, Travis Wyman. Jason, I think the they only Cup. have four races left, right? They, yeah, they, I haven't, they I haven't checked the schematic. Pit. Yeah. They do two at pit, and then they just do one at the each one of the each. last two rounds. So there's 100 points up for grabs. And, you know, you got to fill for Hayden Gillum a little here. Uh, he's had a couple mechanicals that have taken him out. It's not really been through his own fault. It's not like Hayden's gone out there and thrown the thing down the road. And then on the flip side of it, I think Corey has won every race he's finished. That's right. Every race. That's pretty that wild. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Every race he's in, right? Or did he crash out of VIR? Well, remember VIR, he had that huge crash in practice. Remember that? In practice, yeah. So he's never, he so every ride. race he's even entered, he's won. He's <laughs> yeah. won. And, yeah. and that BMW has, man, it's doing great everywhere. I mean, you saw Ben Young won the championship up in Canada this weekend. I watched a little bit of the Thruxton races from uh, BSB this weekend. And, and really, there were three outstanding riders out front all on Yamahas with, with O'Halloran, Ray, and McKenzie. And the only guy that was even to keep, keep him in sight was Peter Hickman on the BMW. I'm really keen to see what goes on with BMW in the future of our series because if some of those parts start to trickle down that we've seen riding in World Superbike do, next year could be really interesting if, uh, if, that, if they continue to step up, right? So Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, really looking forward to what happens with BMW's, not BMW as a manufacturer, but the front-running team and what happens with that team next year. Is it going to stay Correct. the same? Are there going to be some changes? Like, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. So how about the Revit Twins Cup class? One point between Mazziato and Jody Berry with Blake Davis 28 points back. 
it, it, it Caleb DeCarroll is 47 points back, and it is, I mean, I mean, what, I don't even know what to say. Well, it's, it's, it's so good right now. The racing is so good. Maziato hadn't, didn't have the greatest weekends up in Brainerd, you know, so. But you sit know. there and you say that, and what's funny is, you and I don't call this class, and so the problem with Greg and I in this deal is that we usually are coming directly off of a three-hour broadcast where we've done Junior Cup, Super Sports, Superbike, in no particular order on a Saturday, and then Twins Cup will be ran right after that sometimes. And so Greg and I try to watch it, but sometimes we're a little bit sidetracked with either a production meeting or something that might be going on, especially G-Dub, because he does more of that stuff than I do. But what's funny is Jody Berry had a huge points lead. Like, he had a big points lead. Yeah. And I've seen Jody on the deck a few too many times, and I think he would be the first person to hold his hand up and say, yeah, crashed a couple times, and let this championship kind of come back as far as the people go. I mean, people right now are, are back in the championship. Maziato, we're going to his stomping grounds now. Now, you know, we start. Yeah, we, we are. Get, we get to Pittsburgh. We get to, we get to Jersey. I mean, these are the places where Maziata shines, and it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening there. Yep, and then we got one other class this weekend, which is Royal Enfield Build Train Race, and uh, Kaylee, I think it's Bike is how you pronounce her last name. She's got a seven-point lead over Jennifer Chancellor, uh, and Kaylee's coming off of basically two wins out of three on the season, so... That's always entertaining to watch. Chloe Patterson's in the mix as well, so we'll see what happens in Build, Train, Race. So, Jay, that's it. We're going to be there. We hope everybody's going to be there. Uh, you know, weather's looking pretty good for a couple of the days, but the temperature-wise, I mean, poof, in the 70s, high 70s, maybe the low 80s one day. I mean, it's just, Jay, it's been so gnarly back here, and it really turned, wow. I think, on, like, when I was up in Pennsylvania near Philadelphia over the weekend, it was like 90-something, I think, on Wednesday, and then it started to get cooler. And by the time we got to Saturday, it was like 81 degrees was the high. It was it was spectacular. It yeah. was really good. You know, especially yeah. we've been running 90s just nonstop for a month and a half back here. It's been 100 here in Boise, and then... Oof. It's been 100, yeah. But it's been... it's And then, like I guess, like when I leave, it's supposed to get into the 80s, but it's... Yeah. And I think... Hopefully, hopefully we don't get any rain in Pittsburgh. But then again, that's going to throw another wrench in it if that's the case, because you know that's that's the kind of thing that can just throw this championship crazy. So I'm looking at it right now. It um, I'm trying to look at it anyways, just to see what it's, it's going to be. Beaver. Like. So so yeah. basically, type in Beaver PA. Yeah, I got it right here. Um, All by yourself. That's, that's yeah. Cute. I, I figured it out. Monday is or Sunday. Yeah, 58% chance of rain. 48% chance of rain. 41% on Saturday. So you know how they get those like afternoon thunder showers, G-Dub? We could yep. see a cell move through on either one of those days. So if it does, I mean, when you look at the weather right now up there, for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I mean, there's going to be a lot of activity weather-wise around us. So it's going to be interesting to see if it can stay away or, you know, we might get that shouldn't deter burst. you from coming, though. Shouldn't deter you from no, coming. No, there's look, kids hey, racing, too, by the way. Hey, yeah. you know who's racing in the kids' class? Anthony Lupo Jr. I know. I I've seen that he's doing that in the mini cut, mini motor America stuff. So that's pretty cool. That's great. I haven't, I mean, I haven't seen Luke both the races. I haven't seen, him I haven't yet, seen but. him yet. I haven't seen him yet either. Again, it's just time to get over there, but it's so cool that, you know, um, I mean, Anthony's a guy that I raced with. He's a great friend of mine back in the day. And it's so cool to see that his son is racing now. I love it. So 
Um, yeah, we're gonna have to try to get over there for that a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Uh, by yeah. the way, MotoGP this weekend at uh, Red Bull Ring, right? Austria. Austria. Yeah. Austria, that's where they are. Yeah. Quattararo is leading the championship, 180 to 158 over Alicia Spargaro, 131 is Pecco. They're running in the new chicane, G-Dub. Oh, they are running the new chicane, that's right. Yeah, they're going to run that new chicane, and by all accounts, it, I mean, it looks like it could, obviously it's going to add lap times. I don't know how much it's going to add. Um, there was a rend, um, like an artist rendition of what was going on, like an actual, and I think I saw Kyle Wyman make a, a comment on it on Twitter. I can't remember, but basically it, it looked like, um, you know, it's going to slow the lap times by five, six, seven seconds. I don't know if that helps Quattararo or not. If you remember how good he was here last year on the brakes at this race, this was the race where we had that insane race where it started to rain with like three laps to go. Remember? And Binder stayed out, didn't come in. Yes. And yeah. everybody else kind of was, and they were all, I mean, Rossi went into the last lap running third. And then just got all these guys on rain tires that came in and jumped on their other bikes, passed him, coming to the line. So, uh, I mean, it promises to make it a great race. I, I can't explain to you how beautiful that area is, uh, how great that track was when I rode it. Um, but they definitely made some changes there to try to make it safer so we don't see an incident like we saw a few years back with Zarco. And who was it? Was it Zarco or Morbidelli? I can't remember who it was. I know it was Zarco. And because that bike went through the air in front of Rossi or split him and Rossi in, in Vinales, I think. So, yeah. Hmm. It's going to be an entertaining race. I think that you give more braking zones to Quattararo and it's going to help him for some reason. I know he's got to accelerate out of it, but I just think that it's going to be, yeah, he, they have to look at that and say, okay, because the stability of the Yamaha under braking has been really good. So the biggest thing is Alicia Spargro coming off of that big injury a couple weeks ago. He says the foot still hurts, but he's definitely said that it's not going to affect him on the bike. I think that's probably true, Jay. You know, you've, we've talked about a heel injury and and how yeah. it can be a little bit better on the bike and, and aren't harder walking. I think all eyes are going to be on Pecco. You know, it, it yeah. is Pecco really? You know, it's so funny in MotoGP. You listen to one win and all of a sudden the guy's back in the championship. He's going to shred everybody to pieces, but... It's 180 points to 131. It's not like it's 180 to 176. You know what Correct. I mean? It's like 51 they, points. It, yeah, yeah, there's a mountain to climb. Quadraro still, even with a bike that's underpowered and stuff, they need some help, but he still has the ability just on pure talent to finish on the podium and keep this thing going. But uh, I want to see what Pecco's going to do. You know, are we going to see the new Pecco, the uncrashable, you know, unbelievable? Well, he can't make any more Pecco. mistakes. That's, that's the it. thing is he can't make any more mistakes. And... When you saw Quattararo's interview afterwards, basically Quattararo was saying that they're going to tracks where Ducati is dominant. They've been really good. Obviously, they're going to A1 ring here, or, or the old A1 ring, Red Bull ring now. But they're going to Austria where Ducati's done extremely well. Um, they're going to Mazzano, where that bike, you know, is Ducati's home track, basically. So they've got millions of laps testing there. The, the biggest problem is, is that Quattararo's got to just try to stay as close to Bagnaia as he can and kind of weather the storm of some of these Ducati tracks that he feels like he's going to with a disadvantage. And, but Bagnaia, on the flip side of it, cannot make any more mistakes. He can't screw up. He cannot crash. And one more incident, and Bagnaia is out of the championship. So I think that when you look at things, I don't know who you'd put more pressure on, but I'd love to be in Quattararo's position right now. Yeah, um, you have to because they long. have to take more risks. All day long. Yeah, he's... He can literally manage the points during the race, you know, unless he has got some big disaster like before, where, you know, he ends up just start starts 
uh, with a string of seventh place finishes. Correct. That's that's the thing where you go okay. But right now, there's no reason to hit the ripcord just yet. Everything nah, everything's nah. going going okay. Uh, on the Moto Two side, you have Fernandez who leads the championship, one seventy one over Iagura at one fifty eight, and Celestino Vietti at one fifty six. Personally, I don't see anybody right now slowing the momentum of Fernandez. He has got a characteristic that's pretty much opposite to say Jake Gagne, where Gagne, like you know, gets to the front row or gets on pole, he gets out, he gets to a lead immediately. Fernandez is like a slow starter, man. He's a diesel, yeah. but it just seems at the end of the race he's just so so strong. So if you give him a whiff of the front, Fernandez is going to find it. He's going to get there, and then he's going to check out while everybody else is struggling on used tires. So to me watching Fernandez is going to be really the thing. How does he handle this pressure? Um, you know, what's, is there any, going to be anything different? Because I think the problem with Fernandez is if you're looking at him as a MotoGP rider, you can't do what he's doing in Moto2 in MotoGP and be successful. It just doesn't yeah. happen. You can't well, be a slow starter in MotoGP and have, you know, and have, yeah. It's harder to plan it, but Fernandez has found a system right now. And we kind of see this every year in those junior to intermediate classes in MotoGP from, where we see a guy kind of start to figure things out. And Augusto Fernandez has done that. I thought his race win at Donington was very defiant. Um, Alonzo Lopez led that race for the majority, did a really nice job protecting the last two, three laps. And it really looked like it was going to take something special for Fernandez to do it. With two or three corners left to go, he did that. So, um, you know, and then in Moto3, Faggio wins an amazing scrap and has both of his major title contenders um, in Garcia and Guevara both crash out. And so he got a bunch of points back, even though he's still miles behind. Faggio was kind of the odds-on favorite to win that championship this year, and it just hasn't panned out for him. But mm -hmm. he still has a bunch of races to do it. And again, the, the good thing about these classes, Greg, all of them, is that if you are a guy chasing a title, a title uh, or, or if you're a lot of points behind, you have the ability of being able to get quite a few riders between you and the guy leading the championship to take points away. So I think when you look at things like that, it's, it's still very intriguing in all those classes and even in MotoGP. I think the next two rounds for me are really going to just kind of see where Quattraro is. If he can come out of here without losing too many points or even gaining, yeah, nobody's going to catch that guy. So mm -hmm. yeah, Moto, we got a lot going on. Pit race, MotoGP. Um, are they outdoors this week anywhere? Uh, Motocross? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're yeah. anywhere. Yeah, they're going somewhere. I can't remember yep. where it is. But yep. They got three rounds left. Moto E, by the way, a girder. Dominic Agurder is leading the championship, 158 over 126 and a half over Granado. So that's looking pretty good for him. They're going to be racing Moto E. Hey, don't forget, everybody, we're at Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore. Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore, MotoGP Fantasy. So we didn't really talk about fantasy last time. and, and Don't need I, to. I don't, yeah, we certainly do. Slow yeah. to Stoked is leading the way with 1,248 points. Your, your precious three, you know, WSMC champs, they're at 12, 19. So they're, you know, they're about 30 points behind. Fight Club's in there, third. Um, myself, I'm in there at 41st. And I think I actually climbed the ladder a little bit from the 50s to 41st. But I've got to try to pay attention this weekend. We'll... We'll sit there in the booth, Jason. We'll talk some picks and things like that. Yeah, we will. You know, my boy Dan Yaza, <laughs> he's coming in still 10th place. He's up there in the mix. JP and Greg holds hands in 30th. That's you cute. Know, that's... Yeah. Yeah, my boy Rusty, he's got a couple WSMC champs. It's him and a couple other guys. I think Carl Lowry. I can't remember who else he said it was. But there's like three of those guys. 
They and then and then Rusty's got a team. So yeah, they're doing pretty well. They're they're doing pretty well. I've got to look. I I, I got a I got a million dollars in the bank, dude. I might I might have to make yeah, a you trade. You need to step up. I ain't got no money in the bank. I got no. I got less than what I can afford, and I can't make my team any better. I'm I, I, I'm gonna look though. I ain't giving up. I'm gonna keep trying. I just gotta get better. Hmm. So, anyways, what what can I get for three point two million? Ooh, I could get a Maverick Vinales. Get rid of Luca Marini and get a Maverick Vinales and top my stuff well, out. I mean, how? Huh? I mean, huh? 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 Well, you, you hey, you do that. Huh? Maybe I could get a Jorge Martin for three point one mil. Dude, Quateraro is 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 down to four point nine million from five point one. Dude, you can't even, if you sold everything, you probably still couldn't even afford Quart. I, I can't. I, yeah, I can't afford. It. <laughs> I'm host. I'm host, G Dub. I'm you completely host in this deal. You are host. Uh, so. Speaking of that, all right. Well, Jason, enjoy your flight. We'll see you at Thanks. Pittsburgh tomorrow. Yep. And as always, you have the last word. All right, everyone. Big race weekend ahead. Me and G Dub coming to Pittsburgh. If you're going to be going to those races, which we always get tremendous fans at Pittsburgh. Please come by and say hi, or if you see us out and about, do the same, and uh, let's get down there and get to race and see you, G-Dub.